Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast featuring Justin Sheeler, Joel Benson, and Paul St. Andrew. Paul and Justin are real estate agents with Remax Results, and Joel is a mortgage professional with Cardinal Financial Company. And now, Twin Cities on the Move. Twin Cities on the Move, this is episode number 24. Sunny Snelling Avenue is where we come to you from today at the Minnesota Podcasting Studios. I'm Paul St. Andrew, Realtor with Remax Results. I'm Joel Benson. I'm a mortgage lender with Cardinal Financial, NMLS number 1064642. And I'm Justin Sheeler with Remax Results. Say a couple of things we need to let everybody know. This is the podcast that's sponsored by insurance. Tina Huin Chandy at Country Financial has been good enough to be on board for such a long time. 651 846 8163. If you need anything insurance wise, you can give her a call or you can head on over to myinsurancewarehouse.com. They can take care of anything and everything that you need as well. So, What's new in the mortgage world, Joel? <laughs> well, not a whole lot, really. It's You're busy. It's busy, yeah. It's definitely busy. Um, you know, rates have obviously increased some in the last, you know, I guess maybe three or four weeks. The, the thing I always like to point out, we talk about this every episode, they're still historically low. So yeah. our biggest issue right now is, is you know, the refinance business has, has slowed a little bit, but it's still much, much higher than it, than it has been in you know, recent years. Okay. Um, because rates are still low. You know, I mean, every day I talk to somebody who's got an interest rate that's in the 4%, four and a half, you know, 4.875, you know, we're still locking these people in, in, in the low three. So really, okay. Yeah. So historically rates are really low. They've probably come up maybe about a half a point in the last, you know, few weeks. But still significant for somebody who has a mortgage that's above four right now. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. I get a lot of questions about, you know, well, should I lock? Should I not lock? You know, what's what's going to cause the rates to go up? What's going to cause them to go down? And my, my answer is normally, almost always, you should lock right now. And the reason is simply because there's only one way for them to go at this point, right? They're okay. so low that, and I always tell people, once you lock, just stop watching the market because you're not going to feel good if, you know, if they drop a little bit more right. and, you know, or, or vice versa, right? So it's just, there's just no point and there's nothing you can do about it. You've just got to take comfort in the fact that you've lo- you've locked at a, at a historically low rate. Good. Now we can want, you know, the things that we look at to, to be indicators of that, the interest rates is going to be the economy as a whole. You know, the, the Federal Reserve has some impact. The bond market is what we normally keep an eye on simply because as the market, uh, you know, fluctuates, as more people are buying bonds, bond yields tend to go up because the, a lot of the mortgage-backed securities are in bonds, mm-hmm. and they, they have in order to stay competitive, they need to pay higher yields, which is going to also mean higher interest rates. So, right. it but again, it's 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 I don't even really watch them that close to be honest with you because again, I know that rates are low. When we see something catastrophic happen, that's when I'll probably pay a little bit more attention to it. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're still at great levels. Our, our biggest issue right now is is inventory in, in the. Real estate market. Yeah, no, that's just it. And don't you think so too, Justin? Man, the buyers are out. Like I, yeah. the spring that was. It's hard to remember. It started about January one. Yeah, it started uh, actually New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so too. Here, listen to this. I mean, just in the Twin Cities region here for the week ending February twenty seventh, new listings are down. They decreased fifteen point eight percent to only twelve hundred and eleven new listings on February twenty seventh. Pending sales are up four percent. Of course they are. Of course they are. And then inventory overall is down forty. 3.4%. 
Okay, so for the month of January, this, the median sales price is up 11% uh, for, over year th- to 300. Days on market decreased 37%. Uh, percent of original list price received is 99.5%. And then the month's supply of homes right now is under one month at 0.9. So, you know, I mean, there's just, there's not, there's yeah. there's nothing to buy. Now, so... Which made me kind of wonder, I started looking to this because I know that you're looking every day and I'm looking every day. And what we're seeing is that, you know, here's the thing is that not every house is selling. I mean, that's no, it should be. You think it should be, but it's not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. Okay, so and I just did a little quick again. I don't want to bore everybody with a bunch of numbers. But last week alone, okay, in the last seven days of this recording, 2,154 homes came on the market. But then also 253 houses were either canceled or the listing expired. So that's just a little bit over 10% of what came on the market also did not sell and was pulled off of the market. And when, so, when you say it expired, how long is a listing or what, what activity happens to cause a... The, 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 the listing contract between the listing agent and the seller of that home has expired. Okay, now the, the, that can be written as long or as short as anybody, however the contract would like to be written. Yeah, say the norm is six months, wouldn't yeah, you okay. say? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so given that, I mean, say these houses were on for three, four, five, six months, some of them, and they just disappeared because they didn't sell. And now it's, why would your home not sell in this market where, you know, people are tripping over each other. Every every open house you go to, you walk up to the front door, it looks like you're going into a mosque, all the shoes out in <laughs> right. front, you know? It's just, it's amazing. So why why wouldn't your house sell? You picked the wrong agent. You think? That's that's what I would guess, yeah. But why, why did, what did that agent do or not do, I guess? And I mean, what do you think, Justin? Well, it, it, Joel hit part of it on the head. Sometimes it is the agent. Sometimes it's marketing, and then sometimes it's price. It's, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter how good your price is if if you're marketing, if nobody knows about it. And flip side to that is, it doesn't matter how good your marketing is if your price is lousy and, and the market's not willing to pay that price. I know? agree. I agree. I know we were all talking, we were all comparing before we went on the air here today. All our shiny new phones and the market is hot, but I can't just slow down and take a picture with my cell phone of your house and off I go and put it on and expect it to sell, you yeah, know? exactly. Um, in my opinion, and I tell this to my clients, I, it's, it's an old story, but I think it's true. It's like a three-legged stool. There's three things that you need to do. And this is not rocket science. Realtors aren't out there splitting atoms, that's for sure. But <laughs> Thank God. We do have to do three things right. You know, we're, we need to market the house correctly. It needs to be priced right, and it needs to be fixed up and look ready to sell. But it's a, again, it's a three-legged stool, and if one of those legs pulls out, the stool falls down. In spite of this wonderful seller's market that we're in, and I'm sure Justin, just like myself, would love to list your house for sale. You know, yeah, right of now, course, of right course, now, but absolutely. We still have to go through the activities and give every listing the same amount of horsepower that we always have. If we don't do that, that's where we fall on our face. I, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and this market hides a lot of sin, you know. if Even if you don't do a great job, a lot of the time it'll still sell, but sometimes sellers don't realize how much more they could have gotten if... Well, you, you had know. a scenario like that just a little... You were mentioning just a little while ago where you explained to somebody, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there was uh, one of those cash for clunkers programs where they were going to just pay... Um, they were offering a client 
uh, you know, just give her cash for her house. And I said, before you sign anything, let me just come over and take a look at your house to make sure that you're just making an educated decision. Because she didn't want to do any work. She didn't want to, you know, do, uh, do a lot of cleaning and painting and stuff like that if she didn't have to. So I gave her a comparison of just, you know, just cleaning the house and making it presentable, not, you know, not redoing any bathrooms or kitchens or anything like that. And it was about a twenty to twenty-five thousand dollar difference wow. between how much more she was going to make just to do a little bit of cleaning, and that it, and she could have hired cleaning. She could have paid five hundred bucks to have a professional company come out there and clean it, and maybe somebody else another five hundred to a thousand bucks if if she wanted to to paint it, mm-hmm. and it would have been good to go. Or she could have just done it all herself. Once I factored in if she wanted to actually do a little bit more than that, she could have got. Another thirty to forty thousand, just by making it even more presentable, just by doing some more painting, um, professional staging stuff like that. Uh, Fifteen hundred bucks on professional staging, and she was going to walk away with probably about forty grand more than. Isn't that amazing? And that's yeah. that's really no joke in this market. That you yeah. know, when you do put your best foot forward, the buyers are out there. Um, you know, ready to write you a very, very competitive offer for your property. And chances are, if you do do the work, if you do put in the time and, and a little bit of effort and maybe in a little bit of an investment in the right spots, that you will see a, you know, a profit on what you do. And, and your investment will come back to you for sure, I think. And one addition to that is um, with the kind of money that buyers are spending, they expect it to be in good condition. They do. You know, that's yeah. one thing that they do they, because they can borrow money so it's cheap right now. They'd rather have it just ready to go. Yeah. So, no, I hopefully agree. that helps. I agree. So. so in that scenario, did did that woman end up doing the work and selling the? Uh... Uh, she's going to. Um, she's going to go with me, and we're going to wait till her current tenants get out, and then we're going to list that that property. We're going to get it all touched up and and maximize her sale price. Nice. Uh, I also yeah. should point out, I, I like that you, cu- you refer to it as a cash for clunkers program. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was kind of a shot. <laughs> no, no, that was I kind like of a it. low blow. <laughs> I like it. Because there's there's a purpose for those guys, yeah, too. Absolutely. It's not, it's Call not. it what it is, man. <laughs> right. Call right. it what it is. That's for sure. <laughs> now so, I feel bad. No. Put that on your billboard. Right? That's right. That's right. So, And listen, back to the, you know, you mentioned all these buyers that are out there, and they are out there, and we come back here in just a minute. Um, some of the different things that buyers have been doing in the market and what they've been coming up with in order to win these offers. We'll kind of give you our two cents on that too. We'll be right back. Episode 24, guys, Twin Cities on the Move. Again, thanks a million to Minnesota Podcasting for having us once again. And and we're still in a bit of a pandemic here. We haven't forgotten that. They've figured it out so that we can be in the studio and, and we're not spitting on each other and coughing and making a mess of things. And we're all keeping safe and physically distant. I kind of like that better than socially distant. It makes me feel kind of like an outcast if I have to be socially distant. So that's nice. So thank you, Minnesota Podcasting, for that. On to these buyers now. Um, just, you know, again, I don't want to go down the trail of stats too much, but I've, okay, I've, I have a few buyers under contract, and then I did the math, and for each buyer that I've had since the 1st of January, we've written 3.8 offers. Okay, so that means that we've lost 2.8, depending, you know, when you do the math. And our average price of the home that we got, of the contract that we got, was 108% above list price. Okay, so if you have a $300,000 house, I mean, that's pushing $30,000 over list price. 
Yeah. So it's pretty, you it's know. It's phenomenal for it's, sellers. And it's getting cutthroat. It's getting interesting. It's getting clever. I mean, I've one of the things that's really difficult, in my opinion, as an agent, is there's so many of these houses are going um, under contract and the buyers are willing to forego having a home inspection. Yeah, very risky, right? Well, yes. Because it's your only get out of free, well, one of your only get out of jail free cards, you know? It really is. It really is. And it's just, it's a, it does so, the home inspection, listen, it does so much more than just, you know, look for issues with the house. I mean, I don't, when I work with my buyer clients, I tell them it does three things. Yes, it's going to, you know, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for safety issues, structural issues major mechanical issues. And those are good things to go and have a conversation with the sellers about after the home inspection and see what we can get remedied. Mm -hmm. It's also a wonderful owner's manual for somebody who's coming into a new property. Yeah. And then lastly, it's a great to-do list as well. Because you're not, you know, these houses are used, the majority of them. And, you know, we're not in the business of beating people up over squeaky hinges and too much dust on a doorknob or something. That, yeah. And it's something that we see with our own two eyes when we walk through the house. That's Those are things that the inspection isn't for, but the one the, the, it does so much more than just call out things. So it it really does, Paul. And I, just, to, just to elaborate a little bit more on that, I had an actual client two weeks ago where uh, we had Dan Seelan. He's been on the show before, Dan Seelan, yeah. Strickland Home Inspections. Mm-hmm. He... He came out and did an inspection for us, and it's one of those where you're just like, thank God we did this inspection, because I, I didn't catch it. I'm usually pretty good at, at identifying stuff by now after 15 years. You probably are too, Paul, as you're walking through. You just kind of see some of the obvious stuff. But yep. we, we ended up with a sewer line that needed to be replaced, so that's ultra expensive. Wow, yeah, yeah. But one of the, one of the biggest things was he found mold in the knee wall in the attic. Okay. And I honestly believe the sellers had no idea it was there. Right. So we had this house that was absolutely perfect for my client. I'm not going to use her name, but she was paying cash. So it was a lot of her own money. It was all her own money that we were risking. And if we would have waived that inspection, there's no way we would have caught that. No. What kind of costs are we talking about for her? On oh, those? man. Uh, you, you mean on the purchase price or no, in terms yeah, of the repairs? the repairs? The repairs. Easily probably five grand to 7500 That's probably low on the uh, the sewer expense, mm-hmm. the sewer, pipe, uh, sewer pipeline. And then on the mold, I mean, it really depends on how how significant it was. It seemed to be everywhere in that attic space. Oh, it's a shame. And there was yeah. a there was an actual board coming across the top, so we could we could see where it was coming up the wall. You know, I'm sorry, uh-huh. the underside of the roof. But you have to assume that it went up past that board too. We didn't know what was above that. I mean, you could have cut that open and realized that that was all just you know oatmeal because it's sure. just been rotting there for however long. That, that's an interesting it's, scenario because the thing I don't often have conversations with my clients about inspections, but when I do, it's a client looking to save a few bucks. And they'll say, yeah. do you think I need to do this? Won't your appraisal Oh, really? Cover Interesting. And, and what I always yeah. tell people is, look, the appraiser is going to look for safety issues and they're going to look for surface issues. Uh-huh. The stuff that's going to be a real problem or cause you issues down the road, they're not, they're not going to catch or find in an appraisal. So I always recommend, you know, hey, defer to your agent. They'll tell you what the best option is. Sure. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, yeah, home inspection, it depends, you know, I mean, there's always, it, it depends on who you go with as far as price and di- the different things. Like Justin, a sewer 
if you have a sewer line added to your regular home inspection, it's going to cost you a couple hundred more dollars. If you have a radon test, it's going to cost you a couple hundred more dollars. Mm-hmm. How much is a house that you're buying? Right. You know, and what right. are you spending your money? On? You know, this is this is really it's it's probably one of the cheapest. And you know, not, insurance policy. Exactly. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. to not to get down the you know myinsurancewarehouse.com's road and Tino Winchandy's, but yes, this is an inexpensive insurance policy for sure. And again, it does so much more than just give you a peace of mind guarantee. It gives you kind of a bit of a, a again a playbook going forward on how to what your house is about, how your where the things are in your house, the shutoff valves, the different odds and ends and then what to watch for in the future as well and i know our our producer had a good point i thought off the air when we were talking too he said that you know as a seller if you you know if if you accept a contract with no home inspection and then there are issues that come up after closing do you think that you'll probably hear from those buyers as a seller and the answer, I would imagine, be for sure. Yeah. They're going to come after somebody, they're so gonna, it's either going to be the seller or the agent, or you know. And they're not, yeah, and they're yeah. not, they're not going to be content. So I guess no. as, as a seller, I guess I would be, you know, very cautious as well. I, w- I personally would rather handle all of this up front. I had a client just this week who lost in multiple offers, and in fact, Paul was representing this this buyer. The listing agent literally told me when I called that. The offer they accepted, part of the reason they accepted it was because there was no inspection yeah, required. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what percent, I mean, how often are you seeing, I mean, is that, what percentage or how often are you seeing <sighs> no inspection? Well, it's more common now, huh, Justin, than Absolutely. it was even six months ago. But I would say I. At least 25 to 35% of the time, maybe yeah, even more now. Maybe even more. Maybe even I don't more, know. Almost it's, 50%. It seems like quickly it's come on. And, yeah. and I hope that it goes away just as fast as it comes, to be honest right. with you. Yeah, because absolutely. I couldn't, with this client that we're talking about, the house was not brand new. Right. Um, it just had a beautiful rehab done um, by probably a very thoughtful contractor, but we don't know. Right. We, we're not sure exactly, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what the quality of the work was. It sure looked good. But, you know, have another set of eyes look at that, I think, is a wise move. And it's wise counsel just to, to recommend that. And we have a moral responsibility, you know, to our clients. A, a lot of this goes beyond just the dollar bills. You know, I have a real difficult time, just like you do, Paul, telling someone to waive an inspection unless they're a general contractor, unless they're a home inspector themselves. If Dan Seelan was out there buying his own house, um, you know, then that that's fine. But... Unless you're one of those type of people, man, that's a that's just such a huge risk to, to play with a, a minimum quarter of a million dollar property typically. Yeah, big investment. And usually sometimes more than that. Yep. So. so let's talk about the liability then. Is there any verbiage in a standard real estate contract that's gonna protect a seller if they sell without an inspection being done? Does that does that buyer have legal recourse down the road to come back and say, Hey, the sewer issue was present at the time of sale, you didn't, you know, Disclose it, maybe because they didn't they would know have about to be it. Able they to prove it. about it. Yeah, they, they would have to be able to prove that the seller knew about it. Okay. Right, and that's yeah, and which so, is difficult, but still, I mean, it's a it's a big gray area. That's yeah. for sure. But I mean, it. Nobody wants to go there. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> no, when the, you can avoid it. Avoid the it seller or the buyer, <laughs> if it can be avoided by a 
a few hundred dollars in a day having a trained set of eyes look at things. It's money well spent. Bottom line, I guess the Twin Cities on the move, guys. We're all pro-inspection, huh? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. All right. Good, good, good. We'll be back in just a minute. everybody twin cities on the move number 24 tina winchandy at countryfinancial.com insurance person extraordinaire and myinsurancewarehouse.com as well thank you to both for your sponsorship today and for keeping twin cities on the move here afloat uh it's springtime fellas you feeling it it's starting to feel that way. Today yes. I am. Joel can't quit talking about the wild, but it's still springtime. Dalla so. Dalla Bill Carrill. Yeah, that's right. He is phenomenal. He is. A, every, 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 <laughs> every hockey team needs a good commie, right? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> we just went back to the 1980s. <laughs> Jeez. So anyway, um, listen, I I don't know. I, I'm excited for spring like everybody else. There's a there's a lot of little things that, that I love about it, and I don't. What What's your couple favorite things that, that you guys get excited about as the snow starts to melt, as you start to see your yard again, and um, you know things start to the birds chirp a little louder, and spring starts to happen. What about you, Justin? Well, I just like it being warmer, so you can get outside. Just, I just feel like I've been living in a Tupperware container for the last six months. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But we have dogs, so it, it's fun. Even if you're not running or biking, or you know, which is all stuff that I, I enjoy, except for the running. But getting out with the dogs, um, we like to swim a lot. Our daughter and I, we 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 go out, you know, to White Bear Lake Beach a lot, and how fun. You know, it's just nice when the weather gets warm enough to go out and do that. It's not quite that warm yet, but you, I had the dogs out this morning, and it was just fun to get out there and walk around, just enjoy the weather. Yeah, that's part of the fun, too, for me, is that I love to get out and and get out with it. You see your neighbors again. Yeah. yeah. Everybody right. kind of comes out of their out of their Tupperware jar. Like a bunch <laughs> you <know>? of vampires. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I know, I love, it's, you know, I love cleaning up my yard. I guess that's one of my favorite things. My power washer is going to get rolling as soon as possible to get all the junk away. I love doing that. And, you know, we've all been cooped up in the patios are starting to open oh, yeah. up even more, which is fun. I know um, Pat McGovern's is a favorite down downtown St. Paul that I've been, that I like to go to. Um, they have great food. Longfellow Grill is always a good staple. Paul, I was going to say, if you enjoy the yard cleanup and you run out of yard, yeah, I send you come over to my house. My yard yeah. is, will be available. I know it's it's weird. I know that I but we have Sullivan that lives in our house. He's about an eight month old golden doodle, and the way it goes, it snows and he runs out and does his thing, and then it snows and he you know and so yeah, I've t- I've, t- I've two of the freeloaders that live in my house. That's their job this weekend is that they've you know they've been on the dog cleanup duty. This and that's is a yeah, good start. That's a great point because this is my first winter having had a dog. And just this week we were talking about, so whose job is that? Oh, yeah. You know? No, that's an event. That's definitely, a, yeah. that'll, that'll go to the freeloaders. In yeah. fact, there's a there's a girl in our neighborhood that keeps posting on the neighborhood Facebook site where she's she'll do the yard cleanups for you. Well, she, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm certainly not She's a that. brave soul, isn't she? Yeah. I can't imagine. So, well, anyway, yeah, it's always fun to get out. It's it's fun to get out and it's fun to see your stuff. What other, other than clean up the yard, Joel, what do you? Well, I've got, I'm, I happen to be married to a, a professional vacation planner 
Okay. So we go on lots of vacations, and I'm going on one Sunday that I wasn't even aware I was going on. Oh. So I originally had a trip down to Bentonville, Arkansas to do some mountain biking. I was going to leave on Friday, and the forecast is not very good. So my stepson and I were going to go, and my wife is going to take all the girls down to Fort Myers Beach. Oh. So I'm now... You're now going to Fort Myers yeah, Beach. Yeah, so, so I'm excited for that. It'll be fun. Sweet. We were we were down there in January, and it was like 60 degrees. So Good, good. Well, listen, get out and enjoy the nice weather. Thanks, everybody, for listening again, and thank you also to, to uh, Minnesota Podcasting. Twin Cities on the Move, this is Episode 24. This has been Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast. Paul St. Andrew and Justin Sheeler are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find Paul online at minnesotahomesales.com and Justin at justinsheeler.com with Sheeler spelled S-C-H-E-E-L-E-R. Joel Benson is a mortgage professional with Cardinal Financial Company. You can find them online at cardinalfinancial.com. Cardinal Financial Company, NMLS 66247, is an equal housing opportunity lender and is not affiliated with REMAX results. Jill Benson's NMLS ID is 1064642. This show is produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul studios. And they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of REMAX results, Cardinal Financial Company, or Minnesota Podcasting.